Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name's Sophie. Thank you very much for uh, joining us this evening. Um, this evening's webinar is about finding and securing a place at the best independent school for your child. We know your time is precious, so we'll be keeping this uh, fairly short. Um, I will be speaking for about 30, 40 minutes, and then we'll have uh, some time for questions. Um, it'll take up to an hour in total. Uh, please do send any questions that you have in the chat function um, and we'll answer them either today um, or as a follow-up. So, um, the next slide please, Ellen. A little about um, SLT uh, and me. Um, some of you may already know a little uh, or a lot about us. To give you a bit of background, Simply Learning Tuition was founded in 2009 by our director, Nathaniel McCullough, who was a private tutor working in London. Our team includes private tuition, homeschooling and education consultancy specialists, from private tutors with exceptional track records to placements at competitive schools and universities. Our team's expertise helps families at every stage of their child's academic journey. My name is Sophie. I have been working with Simply Learning Tuition for over six years across our tuition, consultancy and homeschooling services. We run workshops and events for parents and students every year. Tonight's webinar was going to be an event held at the Gherkin in London um, and we look forward to hosting an event there when it is safe to do so. The next slide please, uh, Ellen. So we'll be starting with uh, where to start. Um, I'm aware that many of you will be at very different stages uh, joining us this evening in considering your child's schooling. Um, your child might be of nursery age at the moment, um, you might be considering what senior schools to apply to, or you may be considering sixth forms or perhaps changing schools. This webinar should go some way to helping you consider everything you need to make the right decisions. At Simply Learning Tuition, we believe in children attending the school that is right for them. You might be influenced by where this school might take your child, destination schools or league tables, um, but it is important to remember that goals will only be met in the right environment. We regularly work with parents who are not quite sure what route is needed for their child and are looking for people who they can trust to guide them towards the path and the results they would like. We thought it would be really helpful to have a quick run through of the most common entry points. Um, I will be talking about 4, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 13 and 16 giving a quick overview of all these uh, entry points that are most commonly offered by independent schools. Um, so if we start with the four plus, which is a gentle assessment at academically selective schools and has, has become more widely used over the last few, few years, uh, four plus assessments generally take place um, in the morning within small groups of children in the October, February before September entrance. Thomas's Battersea, for example, um, is one of the London day schools that is selective for reception entrance and reveal very little about the entry procedure. Then we have the 7 plus, 
which is sat in the January of year two for entrance into selective prep schools in year three. Um, all these exams are school specific and students are usually interviewed. Exams typically consist of maths, English, sometimes reasoning, listening and dictation is even included, for example, at St Paul's School for Boys plus a group assessment. 8 plus um, is sat in the January of year three um, and again uh, students usually go the through the same rigour as, as the 7 plus and the same variants at, at different schools there. Um, the, then we have the 9 plus and the 10 plus that sat in the January of year four or year five. Um, typically boys sit these because they'll be hoping to enter into a school that has pupils until at least 13 which is when boys typically move um, or uh, all the way through versus the traditional route uh, for girls at seven plus all these exams again are school specific and typically consist of maths english and usually reasoning um, students are interviewed um, at City of London School for Boys, for example, uh, they use the 10 plus intake for particularly bright boys who need to be pushed academically ahead of joining in year six. They join earlier instead. The 11 plus assessment um, is typically one of the entry points that we most commonly help with. Um, is sat in the November or January of year six for entrance into selective senior schools. This is where things get tricky. Um, not all exams are school specific and many schools do use the Independent School Examination Board, otherwise known as the ISEB. Some will use their own. Students are typically tested in English, comprehension and composition, maths, verbal reasoning, non-verbal reasoning and sometimes science. Um, students are interviewed. Um, St Paul's Girls School, for example, use their own 11 plus papers, starting with an adaptive computerised test uh, offered by CEM. And then if children pass the first stage, they then have their own written papers. Um, it's important to mention the common pretests here, uh, which are used ahead of the 13 plus. Um, they're sat in year six or year seven and are designed to help parents and schools know if your child is on the right trajectory for entrance at 13 plus. Um, senior schools receive so many applications um, for 13 plus. These assessments help um, them work out um, who they should be considering at 13 and who's on the right trajectory to, to get good results at at common entrance. These tests are taken online and consist of an adaptive multiple choice test in maths, English and reasoning. Um, these pretests are almost always uh, facilitated through ISEB. Um, then we've got the 13 plus um, and 13 plus sit the common entrance uh, examination when they're in year eight and there are typically three examination sessions each year in November, January and May and June. Um, the school either uses uh, the ISEB uh, or their own papers. Um, the core subjects are English, maths and science and they are compulsory. Um, in addition, um, children can sit papers in a wide range of subjects uh, chosen from French, geography, German, classical Greek, history, Latin, religious studies and Spanish. 
um, even if the school has used the ISEB pretest, they may have their own 13 plus papers. Um, each school is different. For example, Eton used the ISEB pretest, then their own further pretest, then the ISEB common entrance, or an Eton exam in year eight, depending on the child. Um, we couldn't talk about this entry point without mentioning scholarships and bursaries. Um, these are typically offered at 13 plus and the criteria for these are very much on a school by school basis. Um, it might be that um, your son or daughter needs to achieve a certain score in common entrance and have a talent in sport or music, for example, um, or they may have additional or standalone assessments. Um, bursaries often arise in the scholarship conversation and often include part or full funding for means tested families for students who are particularly bright or um, pass general assessments but their family fits the bursary requirements. Um, each school offers different scholarships. Uh, we're regularly asked to support with uh, scholarship prep, most commonly the rigour of the King Scholarship at Eton uh, and the Westminster Challenge. Uh, finally, we have uh, 16 plus uh, where students are assessed um, in year 11, typically the autumn term for year 12 entry into an independent senior school uh, sixth form. Each school has their own entry requirements um, that are particularly variable at this level. Uh, some require testing in English, math, science, um, and thinking skills. Um, some have assessments in each subject that your son or daughter may want to sit at A level. Some of you may have heard of the UCASET, um, which is used at various levels uh, by schools, often for international students to reduce bias against students who do not speak English as their first language. It might form part of an entrance procedure if they're applying from outside the UK and don't attend a British school. Uh, something that families are asking quite a lot uh, about at the moment are occasional places due to perhaps the change in family circumstances uh, or locations, um, etc. Um, this is the name for a place at an independent school that's available outside of their usual entry points. Um, these are rare um, and parents um, or education consultants working on behalf of a family like us um, may be informed of an occasional place by the registrar um, because a family may have moved, for example, creating a place. Um, the school, depending on the child, usually tailors these assessments. Um, if not already in place, uh, all round preparation is really helpful here. Um, and we work with tutors who supported students in preparing for occasional places with anything from six days to six weeks notice. Um, many of the families we work with uh, can afford an independent school all the way through their child's education. But many parents do ask us how to make the most of the schools around them and when is best to make the switch. Sixth form can be a good idea for some children if you think they are resili resilient enough to enter a whole new cohort of peers at age 16. Um, often secondary school is the most obvious choice at 11 plus, um, which is why it's the most uh, competitive as schools are considering children from both the independent um, and the maintained sector. Um, our state versus private school blog on our advice for parents page is very helpful here and I'll make sure that that's uh, shared in our follow-up with you after this webinar. 
So, um, lots of you will know that at some point an entrance test is on the horizon for your son or daughter and parents regularly talk to us about when they should start preparing. Even if your son or daughter is at a prep school, we found that most will have a private tutor. Um, ideally, we recommend preparing at least one year in advance to avoid additional stress on your child and to allow tutoring to be part of their routine. Um, tutors typically start with a gentle assessment, fill in any gaps and prepare your child for the specific nature of the assessments that they have coming up. When it comes to secondary school, it is important to consider your choices sooner rather than later, as in some cases, the 13 plus application deadline is up to three years prior to entry and latecomers are rarely accommodated. Though for most 11 plus entries, you can register um, during the early autumn term of year six. Next slide, please, Ellen. So we're going to move on to uh, remembering the new basics. Um, this wouldn't be a webinar about finding the best school for your child without considering the basics. Um, we also have included some new considerations uh, that are vital as we enter the, the new normal. Firstly, uh, location. Where do you live? Um, how long will it take to get there? Um, do you have to consider other school or nursery drop-offs? Um, we've worked with families who've tried a longer commute uh, for the, their son or daughter uh, to a particular school, um, but the long day and time away from home can be detrimental. Um, it's important to try and balance all of these factors um, and our school placement service regularly helps parents do this. Now it's important to consider as much as you can how schools have dealt with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so some points to consider um, if you are looking at a move are what kind of tours do, do the school offer now? Um, is there an adequate virtual tour available? Uh, this will tell you a little about the school's tech. Um, ask the school exactly what the online learning provision has been at school. Um, schools should be preparing for this to form part of schooling if necessary. Find out what level of personal contact both students and parents have had from their class teacher. Uh, what measures in place do they have for reopening? How present is the head? Uh, the head teacher. This is very important anyway and uh, we think that parents should always be given the opportunity to, to meet the head, not just the registrar when considering a school. Um, but we mention it here because it's important for you to know how the head has been leading the school through this really difficult period. Next slide please uh, Ellen. Um, now we're going to talk about your child, who's obviously the most um, important uh, person in all of this. Um, the most important points to consider uh, in choosing a school are your child and your family. Um, if your child is of nursery age and you're choosing a prep school, um, you may not know what sport or extracurricular activities they might take an interest in. However, at any stage, um, however old your son or daughter is at the moment, um, you will know as a parent uh, what you want um, for your child um, and what environment you are happy for them to be in uh, on every day. 
Um, so if your child is a, a budding scientist, um, you might be really wowed by the uh, by, by the science labs and by the um, the the sports facilities, etc. Um, but it's really important for them to be in an environment that you think across the board um, will uh, have a good balance for you in terms of extracurricular activities um, and the relationship to academics. So things to consider are, um, how long can your child stay at that school? Will they need to move at seven, 11 or 13? Um, and once they are successful at uh, gaining a place, um, can they stay until they finish their A-levels or perhaps the IB? Um, or would you like your child to attend a prep school? Um, if they're going to move at 7 or 13, it's likely that they, they will be at a prep school um, where they'll receive particular preparation for the, their entrance examinations uh, within the curriculum and uh, typically extra classes too. Um, if you don't send them to a prep school, uh, do you have the time and the knowledge to prepare them yourself or will you need to consider a tutor to prepare them for their next stage? If you're considering a sixth form, does the school offer A-levels or do they offer the International Baccalaureate, uh, the IB that I just mentioned? Some schools offer both. Others firmly believe in the rigour of the IB programme, such as Seven Oaks School in Kent. Others prefer the IB due to the international nature of the qualification, such as the American School in London. Does your child particularly excel in two or three subjects? This can help when uh, deciding whether to uh, go for the A-level um, or the IB. Um, if they particularly excel in, in uh, two or three, such as humanities or maths and science, uh, or perhaps a language, then would they prefer to study each of these subjects in more depth? If so, they might be best choosing three or four A-levels. If your child is more of an all-rounder um, who enjoys studying multiple disciplines to a high standard, they might be better with the IB, uh, where they study six subjects, including math, science and a language. Something that we're regularly asked about and that is often debated um, is single sex versus co-ed. Um, for some parents, this is one of the first factors to consider on their list. For others, it forms the last or no choice after location and extracurricular activities. Um, Caroline Jordan, for example, headmistress of Headington School and former Girls School Association president, has said that girls are much more likely to learn and achieve better in STEM subjects, that's science, technology, engineering and mathematics, than in a co-ed school. Next, parents um, are often considering day school versus boarding. Um, throughout uh, the kind of lives of the children that we work with, they may uh, spend some time in a London uh, day school and then move on to boarding school. Um, and it's really important just to think about your lifestyle as a family here when making this decision. Um, would you prefer your child to go to a school which has qualities that are perhaps not available near home? Um, do you have a lifestyle that means that you travel a lot and potentially would need to uh, disrupt your child's schooling? 
Um, does your child thrive on complete consistency and routine and immersive extracurricular activities? Um, do you perhaps live out in the country and therefore weekly boarding would be a good option to save on commute time during the week? Um, finally, uh, do you need to consider additional um, educational needs? Um, Parents often ask us whether they should disclose these um, when speaking to schools or when applying and our answer is always yes uh, to make sure that your child is attending the right school for them. Um, so we always advise that you do ask if they have a special educational needs coordinator, a SENCO. Not every school will. Um, we advise parents to ask what the actual numbers and types of additional needs cater and how do they help with it? Um, London day schools in particular, in particular are known for not catering very well for additional learning needs. So it's really important to be realistic about what support they will offer your child. At a boarding school, it's even more important to consider that pastoral care for a child with additional learning needs, um, as well as any additional academic provision. Um, so it's important to take a step back and have a think about what type of schools your shortlist includes. Cheltenham Ladies College, for example, is a really good example um, of where they have a, a good focus on the, pastor on the pastoral. Aside from very good academics, they make sure each child can become the best young woman they can be which in turn helps with the academics. Um, on the flip side, uh, we can use an example of uh, St Paul's Girls School, which focuses more on the academic elite and pure academics. Um, we, we touched on facilities earlier, um, and uh, what I would say is it's really important to obviously, if your child is a, a already a budding scientist, or um, into their sports or arts or drama um, in a big way to perhaps make sure that your school can at least cater for them. Um, but of course, any extracurricular things like that can happen um, outside of school if necessary. And it's also important not just to focus on um, what your child's good at, but also um, focus on what they might need extra support in. Um, do they need a particularly nurturing school? Do they need a school who will really remind them about the importance of academics whilst they're pursuing their sport um, or, or art, perhaps? Um, next slide, please, Ellen. Um, so now we're moving on to your role as a parent. Um, once you've narrowed down your options, it's time to get visiting. Um, so we always advise that you visit a range of schools, um, including those that you think you wouldn't normally consider. This will help both with the selection process and if you end up in an unfortunate situation uh, post offers and I'll talk more about that a little bit later on. Um, but when you visit the school, um, go with all your questions in mind and, and don't be afraid to ask them. Um, look at the children and the teachers. Um, what's the dynamic like? What was your gut feeling when you walked through the door? Do you like how the classrooms are organised? Um, have a think about how your child will have to navigate themselves through the school every day. Do they have a locker? Will they have to carry around a school bag or do they perhaps have a, a drawer? Um, how big is the school? 
uh, depending on their year group. Will they stay in one classroom all day or are they required to move around? Um, what's the food like? Um, the Tatler Award for the best school food, for example, um, is very popular. For most parents, after visiting, your next step, um, unfortunately, is to complete all the necessary paperwork. Um, each school, uh, each independent school is applied to individually with registration forms and typically a registration fee. Um, so check the school's website and make note of, of admissions dates and processes. Um, some may only let you apply after visiting um, or attending an open day. Um, schools are often um, unforgiving if you miss the deadline due to the sheer number of applications they receive and the administration involved. Um, they just can't make exceptions. From there, your relationship with the school is incredibly important. Um, so if your circumstances change, um, do let them know within plenty of time. We regularly support parents with school shortlisting, arranging visits, keeping track of application de deadlines and completing all necessary paperwork. Um, we suggest that the little things can make a really big difference. Um, for example, writing a thank you letter after an open day or a visit. Make sure you visit the head of your current school and let them know what schools you are applying to. Get their recommendation and advise on what you can do between now and admissions to make sure um, that your child's report is going to be A-star. Remain uh, calm and polite. Um, we know that this process can be quite stressful for many parents, no matter how hard uh, you plan. Um, in the small ecosystem um, that we um, function in, uh, most registrars do know each other. Um, the other really important thing is to know what schools are looking for. Um, so, of course, your child will need to be academically capable of attending that school, hence the entrance examination. But they want to be sure that your child will really thrive in the environment that they provide. There are various components that help the school build this picture. Uh, firstly, the report um, that we just mentioned. Um, brief outlines of academic and co-curricular interests and achievements, which you often submit with an application, written work, um, and finally the interview. Schools interview students to get to know them better and to help them identify if what the prep school or primary school have told them about your son or daughter is accurate. Therefore, to help with the all-important interview, um, it's really important to remember that the culture of home um, is important. Um, let your child see you read, uh, take them on trips such as to the museum uh, when possible, of course, but there are some brilliant virtual tours on offer at the moment. Have interesting conversations over the dinner table. Um, we have heard from admissions teams who have rejected children who have performed very highly on the tests but low in the interview and offered places to children who scored below average on the test but very highly in the interview. Um, students will have a good report from school but they'll have a real love of learning, be as bright as a button, they have a genuine spark in their eye in the interview when they talk about their favourite hobbies, sports, books, friends and family. And um, those are the types of children that schools are looking for. So aside from the academics, it's really important to keep your whole child in mind. 
every year um unfortunately uh, despite all our kind of preparation um a very large number of parents um will receive the dreaded letter that says uh that the school or schools you've applied to regretfully can't offer you a place um, and you may or may not be on the wait list um, at simply learning tuition we always advise parents um, having at least one plan b option ideally a plan c and a plan d too um, for if their child does not receive an offer from your preferred um, or perhaps most competitive school um, each year we do help parents who find themselves in this position and it requires hours of work contacting every possible school to see if they currently or might have a place if you take our schools consultancy service from the start, um, we shortlist schools based on your requirements. Um, it takes four to six hours for us, um, but you likely need to invest even more time um, because we do this every day. So if you are in the unfortunate situation of being left with um, no offers, um, we su really suggest um, that without um, being too overbearing and, and kind of hounding the school that you do work the wait, the wait list. Um, it is important to make sure the registrar knows who you are. Do call um, and follow up email if necessary um, each school that your child is waitlisted for and make sure they know that you're really keen um, because it is your preferred school and that you will be holding out to hear from them. Um, there are going to be children that didn't make the grade or families whose circumstances change. And it's really worth starting to call other schools that you may or may not have considered before, um, which is why visiting those schools that you uh, perhaps uh, wouldn't usually visit, as I mentioned earlier, that you discounted can be helpful at this stage because you may, if really necessary, then consider a school um, that you happen to have already visited um, and that can help you with with the process um, be flexible speak to the schools um, that you've applied you've applied to who you're on the wait list for um, or ones who you're you're calling with with no place at the moment um, and let them know that you're very flexible for a visit um, or happy to perhaps arrange a second um, interview with your child if appropriate uh, next slide please Ellen. Um, so I, I hope that it's been helpful to explain the, the several steps. Um, obviously we've talked about um, what the, the main things you need to consider are both in general and in the current situation. Um, the general uh, entrance points, um, preparation for uh, interviews and assessments, um, and I really hope that this has uh, given you all a little bit of extra information that, that you perhaps didn't have when, uh, when you started uh, this webinar with us this evening. Um, ultimately, um, we do know, no matter um, how holistic um, we can be, that many parents um, will be aware um, of all or some of what I've spoken about today. And you may choose a school that, that meets um, your preferences as a parent, perhaps, um, but it's really important to uh, remember to ask yourself, uh, is this school for me or is it for my child? Um, in these cases, we suggest that you're really honest um, with whoever you might be using to help um, and yourself with the reasoning for your choices um, so that you make provision for it. Um, 
you can then ensure that your child has a smoother journey as possible through the entrance exam process. It's really important to set out a clear roadmap for the prep, senior school, sixth form or university you're aiming for and try to identify reasons why your child might find the school difficult um, or why the application process might be a challenge and work on supporting them. For example, if it is always going to be a real reach and academically challenging, then always make provision for a tutor and always have a plan B and a plan C. At Simply Learning Tuition, we have supported hundreds of parents with the complexities of these decisions behind where and how your child is schooled. Um, parents come to us for help with all of this from uh, one hour of education pathway planning with an education consultant to a full schools placement package, um, as well as having uh, obviously the education consultants and the relationships with schools. We work with over 250 extremely um, highly vetted and experienced tutors who prepare for school assessments. Um, so we'll move on to, to questions uh, in a moment. So please do start adding these to the chat um, if you haven't already. Um, if we can just have the next slide, Ellen. Um, we do have um, some more webinars uh, coming up if you'd like to join us. Um, the next one is on the 1st of July, so that's tomorrow at 11.30, about the future of schooling. Um, and then we have for any uh, GCSE and A-level final year parents who've, whose child has had their exams cancelled, on the 15th of July, we have a uh, how to appeal your calculated grades webinar that's full of really practical tips, um, which I'm sure will be really, really helpful. Ellen, if we could just have the next slide. Um, as part of some of the uh, kind of wide range of provision of schooling and some of the learning loss that some uh, children may be experiencing at the moment, we're really pleased to have been able to launch our online school um, with small group classes that are fun and delivered by experienced tutors who know how to teach groups online. Um, we have started launching a few classes based on the students that can't go back to school yet, but we will rebuild be releasing more so please do keep an eye on our on our website um, we will include a, a link in the in the follow-up email but it's, it's just on the top bar of our website if you if you'd like to have a look um, so thank you all again for for attending um, and it would be uh, great to to answer anyone's questions if if they have any um, let me just have a look um, Schools often suggest that using a tutor to pass the 11 plus exam, for instance, means that the student may not be made for that school as they should be able to pass without the use of a tutor. What's your opinion on this? Um, is parental support often sufficient with most children if the school is right for them? Thank you for that question. Um, it's, it, it's, yes, it's, it comes up a lot. Um, so yes, that really goes back to what I said about choosing a school that is going to be right for your child. Um, I think schools are aware, some of even their own teachers uh, may be doing it, that, that most students do receive a tutor for the 11 plus. It might not necessarily be the content, your child might be bright as a button and not need any help with English maths or reasoning, but they, depending on what their schooling has been like, if they haven't been perhaps at a prep school, they may not have 
come up against any sort of timed assessment at all um, or an online adaptive test and that's where tutoring can really help in primarily building confidence and helping students reach their potential. Um, it's important that you aren't really hot housing and pushing your child to attend a school that will not be right for them in the future or require them to always have a tutor, um, you know, several times a week to keep up with their classmates on even a basic level um, because, we, we, you know, that they won't be happy in the long term. Um, but I, I, I would suggest that, um, yes, having a tutor to help, help with the basics um, will only ever be a good thing, particularly at age 11, where they're preparing to move on to the rigour of, of year seven. Um, in terms of parental support, um, it really depends on how much time you have. Um, lots of parents come to us after trying quite hard uh, with, their, with their child um, and um, they've got plenty of time and they've got plenty of resources, but the relationship's just not quite right and they don't have the authority to, to do that work with them. So often having someone external such as a tutor can, can really help. Um, but yes, if you are perfectly familiar with the requirements at 11 plus for the school that you're applying to, then there's no reason that as a parent, you, you can't help them. Um, but I, I would suggest it will take a kind of good, good couple of hours a week uh, for, for the long haul. And if you can, it might be better for your relationship, um, bringing in the experts and a really fun and engaging tutor that your child looks forward to seeing every week. Um, so it doesn't look like at the moment that anyone else has any questions. Um, Ellen, if you just move to the next slide so people have got our details if they'd like to get in touch. Um, any particular tips for occasional entry applications? How many schools would you advise we apply to? Thank you. Um, so I would... Um, suggest probably at least if if you can applying to uh three or four as a minimum um the the important thing with the occasional entry applications is to get across the um get across your, your child as much as you can in in whatever communications you're having with 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 the school so again without being um overbearing um it's really important to be able to in a nutshell talk about your child their academic background um and their extracurricular activities so that you're talking about the, the whole the whole child um and we have another one about a prep school that doesn't routinely prepare for the seven plus how do we manage this um my answer would be getting some external help in um firstly of course talk to the school and ask them uh if possible what what you know what their experience is with preparing for the seven plus and and if they if they can offer any help at all if you feel that's appropriate um if not then um yes most parents with your issue would would um would would uh hire a private tutor um and i've got a question here about uh children in state schools perhaps being uh if there is likely to gain acceptance into independent secondary schools compared to with children from prep schools, how can a prepare, parent prepare a child from state primary for entry into private secondary? Thank you. Um, in in my experience, there is no bias. That's that's my experience with the work I've been I've been doing with Simply Learning Tuition over the last six years and speaking to hundreds of parents. Um, 
there are some connections between um, prep schools and secondary schools and independent schools and, you know, uh, a, a, a secondary school with a good relationship with a particular prep school might call the headmaster or mistress up and ask for a chat about a particular child, um, which perhaps can, can be helpful a bit. I'm sure you've all heard of the term kind of feeder schools. Um, but really, um, the, the preparation um, in terms of uh, the interview and the academics um, and any other assessments that might be involved is the most important. Um, in terms of preparing from a state primary to a private secondary, um, if you're preparing them for the rigour of the assessments, um, then it sounds like they'll be up to speed by the time they get there. Um, um, but if, um, if necessary, you might want to have a kind of general tutor um, to just get them a little bit uh, up to speed um, if needed. Um, but in terms of class sizes and, and nurturing and things, I'm sure that um, any any child will will uh, really enjoy their kind of new school if it's if it's right for them. Um, and yes, we've I've got a question about uh, a four year old about to start reception um, and a prep school in September. When should you start preparation for the seven plus? Um, we usually advise. Um, leaving them in reception and maybe starting um, in year one if you can with with once a week uh, tuition as I said make sure that um, tuition becomes part of their routine um, rather than um, becoming any sort of last minute rush um, in terms of um, exam assessments. Um, so thank you very much for those those questions um and we've got another one coming in here um how can you determine if entry at 11 plus or 13 plus is best for your child um so that really does depend on um obviously i'm assuming that um the child you're talking about is at a school where they can continue up to the age of 13 um and you really it depends on the individual child as to whether um, 11 plus or 13 plus is best for them. For boys, it might be that they mature a little bit better by the time they get to age 13 and may perform better in perhaps interviews and common entrance tests. Um, but it really depends how, how ready they are for perhaps the, the, the varying degrees of rigour that you've considered uh, for, their, for their secondary school. Um, and then um, another question about six forms, thank you, um, which is do... Do we think there's any negatives with uh, moving for the sixth form? Um, as we mentioned in the slide, I think, again, it does depend specifically on, on the child. Um, if they, you know, some, it depends how, how near the sixth form is you're considering. You know, some students do move sixth form to, um, because they have the kind of academic potential to and kind of bolster their kind of schooling CV in a way. Um, and they may have a few friends or connections within that that cohort already or other friends applying um, or they may not so that's really something to consider in terms of whether um, they they have the resilience to perhaps start at a brand new school um, with with no one they know at age 16 um, that would be the only thing I'd be perhaps consider as a as a negative if, if that's uh, particular to, to your situation got lots of questions coming in now so I'm just um, making sure um, 
I can answer them. Um, so one question is, if you've applied for the 11 plus and don't get in, are you barred from applying for the 13 plus? This depends on the school, I'm afraid. Um, so it's one of those uh, either drilling down in the website, uh, giving the registrar a call. Um, sometimes, yes, that might be the case. Um, so it's worth checking depending on the particular school. Um, is entry at 13 plus generally more competitive versus 11 plus? Um, depending on your child, um, you know, the 13 plus um, is particularly rigorous. Um, students are generally uh, expected to perform at kind of just pre-GCSE level. Um, so it really depends on, on the kind of maturity and academic level of your child and their potential at the time. Um, I would say in terms of the level, the number of applications um, they're, they're fairly similar um, and the, the kind of chances of gaining a place are fairly similar um, but you you may um, you may have a slight advantage at 13 plus because the applications at 11 plus are often very popular but I'd say it's uh, it's about the same um, and then I've had a question again about um, the difference between the 7 plus um, and the 8 plus thank you um, the again each assessment is different at each school so there likely will be differences and of course uh, it's going to be academically uh, in line with your child's age at eight plus and seven plus so um but otherwise there there are you know there, there are no major differences apart from things will be be slightly harder at eight plus in line with the extra year of, of learning um that they've had um and i think that might be everyone's questions i'll just uh leave it for a couple of seconds um to to see so thank you for this this question we'll probably uh, wrap up soon again unfortunately this isn't one that i can um completely answer um in in a couple of sentences now um the best thing to do um, in terms of uh, academic rigor is to really speak to the teachers and the head teacher at the school um, really talk to them about the curriculum and ask them this question yourself um, how do you stand out in comparison to, um, to 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 other prep schools that other parents might be considering who you may consider as a kind of rival school um, and they should be able to answer that to and it's important that, that they can and are able to answer uh, questions like that from parents um, thank you Alicia we um, we are recording this yes so um, when it's available and um, we've tied everything up um, we'll make sure um, either a link um, or the video directly is, is available for you thank you very much okay I think um, that's probably everyone's questions. As you can see on the screen, um, if you do have um, any other questions, please do feel free to contact me directly on my email address, um, call us um, or visit the website. Um, our advice for parents blogs, there's a, a link just on the top right hand side of our website are very useful um, and cover a whole range um, of um, parental dilemmas when choosing a school, as I said, state versus private, single sex versus co-ed. Um, and um, we've got some really up-to-date information um, in there. 
um, as well as how to prepare for the 11 plus um, but there's pages and pages and do 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 have a good look at those um, thank you again for for joining us and giving up a portion of your very precious evening um, I hope you you found it helpful and as I said there are other uh, webinars coming up if you'd like to to join those as well <laughs>